1: Hello, Master Plan World. Welcome to our latest podcast. It is, as always, a pleasure to have you listening. I'm Chloe Thomas, creator of the e commerce Master Plan, author, speaker, and consultant, and I focus on e commerce business strategy and marketing. This is the last of our three Experts View shows. In each of these, I've brought you the opinions of some of the top people in e commerce, plus my thoughts as well, of course. Uh, we've already covered the most interesting things we saw in 2015 and the marketing method more people should be using in 2016. You can catch those episodes on the website or wherever it is you like to listen to my podcast. Today, we're tackling the one you've all been waiting for, the key to e-commerce success in 2016. You can get the transcripts of all three of these shows right now via the website. If you've signed up for them already, of course, we'll send you this week's automatically. And if you haven't yet, just go to the show notes page, ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash 33. That's the number three followed by the number three to sign up and you'll get immediate access to the text of all three shows. Today's show is the big one. What will be the key to success in 2016 for the small or medium sized e-commerce business? Let's get on with it and find out the viewpoint of our first expert. First up this week, we have Ernest Kaber. Ernest used to run his own e commerce business called Finisterre, but in 2015 he came over to the supplier side, launching Who Buys Your Stuff. He believes that using your data to understand your customers is central to success this year. Let's listen to him explain just how to use it to the best effect.
2: If you are an online business and you have good data, would be finding out who it is that's that's driving your business. Um, who is the customer profile that's driving your business? So, as, so as, a, as opposed to um, to to building strategy and budgets for let's say twenty sixteen off uh, varied assumptions or ideas as to who you think it is that's driving your business. If you are an online business and you have good data, i.e. Uh, Frequency of purchase and um, total sales, and there's an email address connected to that. You you can begin to um, survey those those customers and find out. That, I mean, granted, there, there's going to be there's going to be three or four or five different personas that will that will um, that will drive uh, a business's total revenue, but there's always. Um, there's always going to be a profile especially with the work that we're doing there's always going to be a lead horse or a lead profile um, that is driving the business and I think businesses in 2016 uh, gearing sales and marketing and products and services around uh, that profile it will put them in a much better position to grow.
1: Cool so Ernest what you're suggesting is that it's those who succeed will be the People who have the clearest idea of who their customer is. And that's taking kind of the RFM, the recency frequency monetary value model, identifying the most profitable customers and then actually asking them who they are, essentially. And then using that to influence the, uh, the everything from what product you sell through to the brand and the marketing and the customer service.
2: Yeah, a- a- absolutely. And, and it's, it's, it, we, we've, We've come to find out that businesses that are doing well, that are profitable, they, they have an incredible level of communication with their customers, whether the focus groups, the co-creation.
1: Well, avoiding assumptions and basing strategic decisions on facts is always going to be a winner in my book. Looks like we will all be getting closer to our customers in 2016. As our next expert, we have Andrew Wilson, talking about why we should be investing more effort in cultivating our brand. Andrew is a consultant with an impressive background in the mail order sector. Of course, in order to cultivate our brand, we need to both understand our customer and make sure the brand appeals to them.
0: Brand building um, is my view. It used to be that, you know, online people and offline people the same. we'd just buy stuff and flog it and they put their somebody's name at the top and the, the, the brand basically came from the product selection. These days, that kind of isn't enough, and people aspire to deal with companies that make them feel good about themselves and feel like it's their kind of company. And um, you get retailers like Amazon who sell everything, and people think to themselves, "Well, you know, what different can we say?" And it's interesting um, that that when you actually think about a company and its ethos, there's loads of things you can say about your company and what you believe in and all the rest of it. I mean, Cornwall's full of them. If you look, you know, Frugie, you've got Sea Salt. You've got those kind of people who have really built a brand around values. And people say, yes, those values fit with me. I'd like to buy from those people because they seem rather nice. It is more difficult with companies which do not make their own product to establish a brand in that way, but people manage it. and And, and how they manage it is that they they become experts in a niche in a you know in a small field and then they also are able to express their expertise either through their blog posts, which make interesting their emails or the content on the page when they're selling. And people feel very confident about buying from them because these people seem to know what they're talking about. Whereas um, if you do go onto Amazon or any of the the stack it high, uh, you know, stack it high sites, then all you know is they sell that thing, but you don't actually know if that's the one that you really need. And yes, it's going to happen that when you do keep, keep, give people advice, they will go to other stores. And, you know, some a proportion of people will go around and look at you know other sites and, and and go for the cheapest price. But it is actually quite tedious to do that. So my feeling is, is building a brand is is a going to build up the value of your company and and have a more loyal following um, than if you're just sort of going out selling things on price. And to be perfectly honest. You know, if you're hassling around these days and trying to save a few quid, it's actually more of a hassle clicking around the internet looking for a better deal um, than, than it is going for, for, you know, spending the money with somebody who seems to know what they're talking about. And a lot of the time you go around the internet and you look and you find, actually, you know, these people are a couple of quid out and you know, I'll give them the business because they seem to be rather better. It's, it's, we have a, a store in it, not very far away from me called Cotton Hardware. It is a single frontage store. The guy who bought it, I don't know, if a couple of years ago, three or four years ago, he bought the store. And he has absolutely turned the store around. Nobody around for us ever goes out to B&Q anymore. Hey, you got to get in the car, it's a long way, da 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 Here you can walk to this store. He's got everything that you need. And, you know, most of the the, the purchases are low value, so you're not terribly worried about the price. But he has he does he has done wonderful things with his store he does the most amazing window displays so you actually go past it can you imagine a hardware store with a christmas window display <laughs> and he details it so for instance there's a little there's a hammer which is evidently a hammer wrapped up and it's got a little swing tag on his window display and it says thor you know he does humorous little things on his brand building and he's built a brand on a hardware store he also offers other services so when christmas comes around he says Get your knife sharpened for Christmas. Now, when was the last time you saw a knife sharpener? And you suddenly realize your kitchen's full of blunt knives. So you will take them down there to be sharpened and think, oh, that's really good. I feel good because I've I've sharpened my knife and I feel good about him because he's offered me the facility to do it. He has done a wonderful job at taking a really incredibly boring industry and making it interesting and make building up a huge amount of loyalty in in his local community by being that bit different and actually thinking about what people need from the shop.
1: If brand building works for a hardware store in a suburb of Bristol it's certainly going to be possible to make it work for you. So Chris Dawson is our third expert today Chris is co-founder and editor of TameBay. Prior to that, he was a full-time eBay seller for over eight years, making his living by trading on the platform. Unsurprisingly, Chris has again decided to talk about marketplaces, but with a bit of a twist this time, as he believes there's going to be a big shift in how they're used by retailers. Here, he explores both the international opportunity and the variety of new marketplaces now popping up here in the UK. Whilst Chris is talking specifically about the UK here, this is also the case in many countries around the world. This is one expert point of view that is definitely going to get you thinking.
3: I think 2016 is going to see a huge shift in the way that people sell on marketplaces. Let's be honest, the UK is... I wouldn't like to say it's played out as far as marketplaces go but it is a huge amount of competition on eBay and Amazon which are the two key marketplaces in the UK and even Rakuten so if you're selling on those marketplaces there's a lot of competition what's going to happen next year is people are going to start looking ever more at different marketplaces and as an example just in the UK in the last year We've seen the Tesco marketplace come up, we've seen Game have a marketplace, and more recently, Halfords have now got a marketplace. So they're specialist niche marketplaces provided by huge retailers. And there's an opportunity, for instance, Halfords, if you sell cycling accessories, you should be begging Halfords to sell on their marketplace. And then there's others like not in the high street for gifts a marketplace I really love is a food marketplace called yumbles which is specifically for people selling food or food related products as soon as you start looking outside the UK though there's a much larger opportunity for success because there's not as much competition as there is within the UK So most sellers think immediately if I sell to Australia and the US they speak English so that's easy so I'll I'll tick those two off and I can sell on eBay and Amazon in those two countries and then there's France and Germany where there is a language barrier but again I've got eBay, I've got Amazon, I can easily sell on the marketplaces I'm familiar with in those two countries. But the real opportunities are going to be the more difficult countries to service. And I'm talking about places like Russia and China, Brazil, India, Africa. And they are not territories where eBay and Amazon rule the roost. So you are going to have to look at different marketplaces. And even, for instance, for France, you should be maybe considering C Discount and Laradute um, and, and a whole load of other marketplaces because eBay and Amazon don't have the same market presence as they do in the UK. But in China you should be looking at Alibaba or JD.com, for example. Now we've already seen that Alibaba are putting UK MD in place and MDs in different European countries specifically to help European retailers sell in on Alibaba in China so if they're doing that investment it kind of tells us that there's going to be an awful lot of European retail aiming at China so as a retailer I would definitely want to be in on that but also places like Russia which are typically difficult to ship to um, but equally there are a lot of people in Russia with high disposable income and they want Western goods, um, goods that are of higher quality perhaps than Russian manufacturers make or simply branded goods that are American European brands and they want to actually buy them in Russia. The same with India and Brazil and Africa. Africa is going to be a really interesting territory because Africa doesn't have a typical infrastructure that the Western world does, but they are starting to get a massive um, density of mobile phone usage. So if you're selling to places like India or Africa, be prepared to be selling on mobile platforms rather than traditional, desktop um, computer laptop type platforms um, it'll you you'll need to make sure that whatever offers you've got for your products are highly mobile optimized which means great pictures and short descriptions that aren't overly um, decorated with different themes etc they just want the actual text but really what I'm saying is the UK is a good marketplace Europe is the obvious expansion plus Australia and America. But the real key to success and where retailers will see massive growth is in the new emerging markets. And as a final comment on that, as an example, Neteven have about a dozen retailers who are selling on Mail. And on Singles Day, um, 11th of of 11th, 11th of November, those retailers selling through net even saw a month's worth of sales in a single day on Alibaba's Tmall. And that just shows you the phenomenal buying power from China that people were selling literally hundreds of thousands worth of goods all on a single day. And we think Black Friday is big in the Western world, but Singles Day in China is even bigger.
1: The final guest expert on today's Expert View and the last in this series of Expert Views is Alex O'Byrne, co-founder of We Make Websites, who are officially the UK's highest rated Shopify web designers. Alex is recommending email automation as your route to success in 2016. And he's got several interesting ideas and examples in this piece.
4: In 2016, well, first of all, I would say if you're a small brand and you're still trying to host your own website, then you should definitely be looking at something like Shopify or even the alternatives like BigCommerce or Volusion where they deal with all the, the problematic side of hosting a website for you and just let you get on with selling what you do. So um, a lot of our clients are on Shopify. In fact, they all are because we are Shopify experts and they find that, a lot of them have moved off self-hosted platforms because it saves them a lot of time. But I'm going to assume everyone has done that and we're in 2016. We've got the exciting horizons uh in front of us. I think a big thing that this year will reach the SME market is really advanced and effective email remarketing. So automatic marketing to your email list based on segmentation. So some of the sort of campaigns you can do are welcoming new customers with a drip campaign. So let's say if you're selling, um, wedding, wedding, uh, gifts or wedding decorations, maybe you'll have a drip campaign about, um, planning the perfect wedding. Um, also following up smartly on website activity. So if someone is browsing your t-shirt range, then your email remarketing needs to focus on t-shirts. Um, and probably the most effective campaigns people will notice in terms of return on investment uh, will be win-back campaigns. So dormant customers that have not been on the site for six months, send them an email or just say, hey, i noticed you've not been on the site for a while. Here's a discount code. Definitely come and check out our new range. Or you may not even need a discount. You may be able to just say, look, we've got a new range in, especially in something like fashion that's seasonal. We've got a new range in here. Check out the new range the click-through rates on those emails are always really good and the subsequent um, subsequent purchases. And although that has been around for a while for kind of the big players, I feel like for this year, the smaller brands are getting more savvy and, and switched on to this kind of thing. And MailChimp recently launched their automation offering, which is uh, – it actually does all those ones I've said, and they allow you to kind of take your purchase data and customer data and do something really effective with it. So instead of blasting that whole list with something that might or might not be relevant, you get to really focus down and send something that is going to resonate with that customer and ultimately get the sale. And I, I love email. It's still the highest converting channel versus social or search. Everyone still reads the email, their own emails, even in the age of social media. And, uh, and everyone's talking about millennials and all this kind of thing. Well, yes, some things are changing, but everyone still has an email inbox that... They read the emails that are important to them and that are interesting. So if you can produce something, again, that is interesting, that resonates with the customer, then you can win their attention.
1: As I always say, please do not try all of these suggestions you've been given today and in the other two podcasts in this series. Hopefully my own take on the key to success in 2016 is going to help you out with selecting what you should do. I firmly believe that those who will see the most success in 2016 are those who put the customer at the front of everything they do. That means in the smallest sense, and we'll talk about the bigger sense in a moment, but that means in the smallest sense that you need to worry about customer service. How can you give your customers a better service? What's annoying them that you can fix? Read those customer service responses, listen to what they're saying on the phones and fix those things that are niggling them. And also on that, the smaller side of it, who is your customer? Are there multiple personas you need to talk to? How are you going to create the content to appeal to them? You may need to use multiple versions. I also believe this is on the kind of the larger side of listening to your customer, that thinking about your customer and the stage they're at with your business stretches into every piece of marketing you choose to do. Going into 2016, we are no longer at the point where you think I must do email. You need to be thinking, I need to get more people to buy from me for the first time. What would be a great way of doing that? Well, I've got lots of inquiries on my email list, so how can I use email to get them to purchase for the first time? You need to be thinking, I've got lots of people who've bought from me once, but they haven't bought from me multiple times. How can I do best do that? Is that direct mail? Is that email automation? Is that advertising? Is that Facebook? Is it remarketing? What is the best way of doing that? And you really need to think about those different stages that the customer goes through as they progress through your business. From when they first hear about you right through until they become one of your most prolific customers. Is the pathway obvious or are you letting them drift off at different points? This is something I'm going to be talking to you a lot about in 2016. So listen to this space. And if you want to understand a bit more about it right now, you can dive back into one of my bonus episodes back in kind of November, December time where we talked about the customer journey for Christmas. Yes, it's Christmas focused and Christmas is a long way away, but the content is going to be relevant at all times of the year. So that was our expert view on the key to e-commerce success in 2016. To help you make the most of these, th- these series of three expert views, you can download the transcripts of all three podcasts, including this one, right now. That's everything we've said in black and white. Just go to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash 33. And if you didn't catch our first two expert view shows, they're available right now for you to listen to in all the usual places. If you're not sure where the usual places are, just go to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast. Do let me know what you thought of these expert view shows because I think they've been a really interesting way of getting you some great advice to help you make the right decisions. But I need your feedback to know whether we should definitely repeat them or not. So you can do all that via the there's various methods via the contact page on the website, whichever one suits you best. Send us through your feedback and um, I'll make sure we bear it in mind for future episodes. Next week, we go back to normal interviewing a fascinating e commerce business person and finding out all about their business. So have a think about what the key to your e-commerce success in 2016 is going to be, and don't forget to keep optimising.
0: Thank you for listening to the E-Commerce Master Plan podcast. Find out more at
1: e-commercemasterplan.com.